It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You are now tuned in to the Fresh Air channel, and you're listening to I Pray This Helps. Hello, everybody. Once again, this is Keith Roberson, and we're here to talk about spiritual depression, and this is part two of said series. Um, Before me, I have Chris Duncan. You might have heard of him on... Our group podcast, thank God for the group chat. Today, we're going to definitely dive into spiritual depression. I don't know. Like, bro, it was so hard for me this past week to just be able to do this podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. When stuff like that happens, I know what it is. That's right. I'm like, oh, the interview don't want me to talk yeah. about oh, this. Oh, some blockage. But absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And But God made it possible tonight. Absolutely. So Today. thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is Memorial Day, so I thank God for Chris push, pushing out. And um, we had planned on doing thank God for the group chat. So you're hearing this instead, and I hope that's okay. Um, and I pray this helps. So um, let's let's just define it. So last week we talked about spiritual, or two weeks ago rather, we talked about spiritual depression with Deontay Collier or Tay Collier in regards to um, sin being the issue and sin being the cause for spiritual depression. Um, This week, I want to speak to another aspect of it or another gateway into spiritual depression. And I say gateway. No, the gateway doesn't sound like a good thing. Does gateway have like another avenue? Maybe. Avenue sounds way more positive than gateway. And I mean, <laughs> but no, like seriously, it it lends itself to saying like you travel down this road and you will be open to spiritual depression. I'm so fine with I think that. I think Gateway is good. I'm fine with that. Um, so this week we're we're going to talk about uh, spiritual depression by way of discouragement mm. after after an arduous battle, like after you've been like in spiritual warfare, after you've done something so great for the Lord, after you've done this monarchical or a monumental rather um, thing for God. And like you and God just got out of battle together and then boom, Mm -hmm. you just all of a sudden are in this spiritual depressant state Mm -hmm. and you don't know how you got there you don't know why you're there and it just is and you don't know how to get yourself out of this rut yeah so if that is you please tune in at some point i'm not putting this on anybody but at some point it very well might be you if you are running this race for the lord you are going to experience some some ebbs and some some ebbs in the midst of your flows you are going to experience some valleys you are going to experience some lows and the crazy thing is, I don't think that it has to be like a, all of a sudden. Sometimes mm. that stuff is very, very small steps in one direction. It just is an erosion of like spiritual boundaries and spiritual awareness that will lead to spiritual depression. Mm. Very good. So for starters, let's let's define spiritual depression. Chris, from your mouth, from your head, mm-hmm. what is spiritual depression? Yeah, I, I when I hear spiritual depression, I instantly think of moments to where it feels like your prayers are not getting past you. Um, you may have a lack of focus or concentration. You may not even want to pray just because, and not in a want of um, I'm busy sense, but more in a sense of like I'm not seeing this being productive um, mm-hmm. flow. And so then once you start thinking like God doesn't hear you, that your good, good father isn't a good, good father. Mm-hmm. Now the next question would be, what's the point? And I think that's what spiritual depression is, is saying, what is the point of giving this to God? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing any results coming from this. So therefore, why should I even do this? Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, I think that that like if we're going to be super technical using the the word in a definition, it would be when you are just um, depressed spiritually when you're right. suffering depression via your spirit. Um, and yeah, you just don't have it. Yo, speak to that because. Like it literally feel like it's I had I had to realize this mm-hmm. in and of myself when I was experiencing it because mm-hmm. I'm because I never even knew that I was spiritually depressed because I'm like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm not sad, per se. Mm-hmm. I'm living life. Life seems to be going OK. I'm just not really in touch with this aspect of my life yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. And like you can be fine naturally and you can be walking through life and you're doing okay. But when it comes to that spiritual stuff, when it comes to the things of God, it's like, nah, I'm 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 okay. I don't yeah. feel, or I'll go to a certain level, but I will not go beyond this point. Absolutely. I'll do the run of the mill things. I'll do the uh I'll do like all of the like the day by days and I'll do all of this stuff. But I'm not about to get deep. I'm not about yeah. to like make it a thing, and it, it's so weird and it's hard for me to explain. No, I think you're doing a good job. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really grasp it until one day we were talking about emotions at church, mm-hmm. and our pastor was saying like, "You can be depressed spiritually," and I said, "What? <laughs> yeah. That's that's," and it hit me like a ton of bricks. That's what I'm going through, because I've. You you and I can speak to this on a much deeper level Absolutely. because we've been depressed in in a, in a natural sense. Absolutely, chemical imbalances, yeah. um, therapy, counseling, um, diagnoses, um, prescriptions, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Like so, like when he said you can be depressed spiritually, I'm like I'm sp- I'm experiencing every symptom of depression, yeah. but just from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah, I think that it's that moment like it can be, I think, very two extremes. One can be, yes, like you do not see a point in doing it. And the other one can be, well, I am just going about my flow per normal, but I'm not growing. I'm not trying to seek out growth. It doesn't like I think a phrase that um, comes to mind is to say something to the degree of it doesn't take all that. Like Mm -hmm. it took me three years just to be able to read my Bible every day. But but now all I'm doing is following a read your Bible in a year plan and I'm just reading to read. I'm not going deeper into this because I am checking off on these boxes and it would be like, if you are an athlete, like to go to the next level, you have to go to the next level. And if you just stay where you are, no matter how much more advanced you are in high school than other high schools, when you get to the collegiate level, you're not going to be advanced. When you get to the professional level, you will not be advanced. You have to continue to seek growth. And yeah, when it comes down to, spiritual depression i know like it's like yo i'm doing everything i've been doing and it's like but you still need to go deeper because something inside of you is saying that there is no reason to go deeper right um i'm I'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out on a limb for some Mm -hmm. it's not really out on a limb because you need to be aware of these things you need to be aware of spirituality you need to be aware of of the of the principalities mm-hmm. of the powers and of, of yeah, we got spiritual wickedness in high places yeah. you need to be aware of this stuff i'll be honest with you spiritual depression is not of god mm-hmm. it is not of god now god is so awesome that he's god and he can take spiritual depression and like work it into mm-hmm. his glory but it is not of god okay yeah. so we're not here just to talk about it we're here to help which is what this podcast is all about. Um, so let's get into the effects of spiritual depression. Um, I've got some. I don't know if Chris has any. Maybe I pray some might even come to mind as we even talk about it. Um, the effects of some of I'll say some of the effects of spiritual depression are inactivity in ministry. Mm. So if or lack of lack of energy or lack of enthusiasm yeah. about ministry. When you're just going through the motions. Just just showing up. If you're showing up. If you're showing up. <laughs> um, and I, I guess we'll dive into our, our, our uh, respective stories here and there throughout this podcast. But when I was going through, and I've experienced 
many a times yeah. in spiritual depression before I even knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And so one instance, I'm like, oh, well, I'm not. I'm probably never going to sing again. You know, <laughs> I was going mm-hmm. through that. I'm like, I'm never going to sing again. And, you know, just going through the motions like, oh, well, I got this and that that I can do. Why? Because I was discouraged in this mm-hmm. area. And I'm like, okay, well, and hmm, let's j- let's. Think of like when you're thinking about spiritual depression, think about depression just in general. Right. Just about the things of God. Just think about depression and depression. A lot of times it is a lot of times every single time it is you centered. Mm -hmm. Woe is me. I can't do anything right. In my instance, it was like they don't appreciate me and they don't understand where I'm at spiritually. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. So what is the, as Chris was saying, what is the point of even trying? What is the point of even going to God with this? What is the point of God taking me higher if nobody will even understand or accept me yeah. for the level that he's taking me to? They don't understand. I'm going to get shunned for this. So what is the point of even doing this anymore? Mm-hmm. If I'm speaking to you, double tap. <laughs> um, so inactivity in ministry, another symptom or the effect rather. Mm, symptoms and effect. Yeah. Um, apathy towards ministry. Mm. So like whenever somebody brings up something spiritual or something about God or whatever, you just become distant or you just become very cynical about yeah. the things of God. That's good. You know, like, oh, well, he's, well, you know, just people talking about miracles. You know, bro, as we even talk about it, like when you brought it up, like when you were just saying, like, you you became, you became spiritually depressed. And it was like, it don't even take all of that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, how many of us are spiritually <laughs> depressed and don't even know it? Yeah. Like somebody will say something like, um, you know, start speaking into your life. And it's just like, well, first off. If they want to speak into you, like, all right, mm-hmm. fam. You know what I mean? I think there could be a, ma- a maturity play there, absolutely, right. if somebody is flying it. But, yeah, man, like, if you are saying it doesn't take all that and you are a believer in Christ, we see how Christ moved. You know right. what I mean? Did it not take Christ telling people to get up and sin no more? Did it not right. take Christ to say, I'm going to draw in this dirt for this woman? Then, right. Or I'm going to sit at this well and while I should not even be talking to the Sumerian, mm. you know what I mean? Right. I could heal her from over here. I right. can literally touch her heart, break her heart from over here without having a conversation with right. these people. Um so, yeah, like, or, you know what, send them away so they can go get something to eat on two occasions where it's recorded in the Bible, one time 4,000, the next time mm-hmm. 5,000. Like, yeah, yeah. these people are hungry, and I'm going to give them food to eat. Like, these type of things. Or, y'all go ahead, and I'll walk across. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, these are instances where Jesus was doing miracles. Right. And did it take all that? Maybe not. Could he have done it another way? Absolutely. He's God. But mm-hmm. he did it the way he did it. And so – when we turn up our nose when somebody is fully operating in their gills, mm. just because they're operating in their gills, mm. you got to look in self. You know what I mean? Because I think that there may be a piece of, I don't experience that. Right. And so therefore, why do you need to do that mm. when I don't think someone needs to do that? That is how God is moving them to do it. Mm. And that's so good. Um, I was reminded of a passage um, to your point, I was reminded of a passage like where Jesus literally could not. And the Bible says he could not perform certain miracles because of the lack of belief in that area. He was like, oh, I could do a little stuff, but I, I can't do because y'all don't believe. Right. Man. And it's so easily spread, man. Like the cynicism towards miracles, towards God being able to do anything any in every single thing um it's so easy to bring people down to like to this level of like nah like he's a practical guy mm-hmm. and not like this miraculous yeah. person who created heaven and earth and all right. of this stuff that's good and act in apathy towards ministry and or the things of god um sinful behavior oh absolutely yeah which will come Absolutely, <laughs> it's going to come. I would even throw in there uh, with simple behavior. I think before that, like following the first two, and before simple sinful behavior, if there's a stoppage of prayer, 
uh, reading mm. your word mm. or being in a healthy Christian gospel centered community, I would start to question that you are venturing. I'm not saying that you are spiritually depressed, but you're definitely walking down 20 mm. on your way to spiritual depression. Cause there's already a discontentment with yeah. it already because yeah. like, you're not looking at the word as your life's bread. You're not looking at prayers like, yo, just, I don't have to talk to God. I get to talk to God. Like You're this right. is a like you've become disenchanted mm-hmm. with with the things of God. Yeah, like these aren't options. These are necessities for the Christian for the believer. And so mm-hmm. if these things start to um start to reduce and they're starting to, you know, fall by the wayside, like I would really say you know, like what is going on and it's okay if you're venturing into that and you're feeling these things but right. you need to just press pause and really say like what is going on that I'm not talking to my father like that that I'm not mm. talking to my community right. like that that I'm not actually reading the word of God right. what is going on inside of me that I'm like nah like I think that that is like the biggest symptoms there of saying like yo when those three things start to mm-hmm. change and your routine starts to change those are some key indicators that something's going on. That's very good. Yeah. That's very good. Um, so Chris and I, we're going to do some exegesis mm-hmm. right now. We're going to dive into first Kings chapter 19, where Elijah, the great prophet, Elijah literally experienced what we're talking about right now mm-hmm. due to, um, discouragement. After a hard battle where Elijah like literally just won, like probably one of the greatest battles with like God versus idol recorded. You know what I mean? <laughs> like where um, I think, well, who is it? Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, First Kings, I'm not sure. We'll read it. Yeah. And uh, what he just came out of this battle, like where it was him against another king. And like they it was like literally them set up in a ring like yo you got your god over here and i got my god over here who's going to answer first or who's going to answer at all mm-hmm. like elijah was like really i'm not even going to say prideful he had so much so much um confidence in god that he was he was trash talking the other dude he was trash talking the other dude's god like we're literally in scripture and it's translated like, yo, is your God, where's your God? Is he mm-hmm. on a potty break? Is he in a bathroom? <laughs> That's literally the translation of it. But here we find in this next passage that he just becomes discouraged because his life is threatened. Mm. So we'll read, we'll read that. Yeah. So leading into first uh, Kings 19, uh, we see a battle that Keith was talking about and First uh, Kings eighteen, uh, where it's essentially saying your God versus my God. Um, let's see what my God can do versus your God. And in that battle, um, God literally shows himself to be strong. He um, pretty much sends down some fire. It right. it scares the mess out of people, and they like, all right, your God is the 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 King of Kings, essentially. And um, then the prophets of the other guy, Baal. Um, dip. They saw they got scared. They started running, and so Elijah went down and killed, gathered them all up. Had his um, people gather them all up and end up killing them all. So what we see in nineteen is where we're gonna start. Um, and I'm reading the uh, New Living Translation. Uh, when Ahab got home, the king was Ahab. Yeah, my, my bad. bad. Yeah. Not Nebuchadnezzar. The king was Ahab. Yeah, and so Jezebel was his wife. And so mm-hmm. when the king got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including um, the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent the message to Elijah, may the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, Beer, Beersheba. Yeah, Beersheba, a town in Judah, and... Um, he left his servants there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And it's so that is so powerful. It's so much meat there. But yeah, we'll go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like just even looking at him being fearful, him just seeing all of the works that God performed and he didn't turn to God and pray to God like, hey, this woman is trying to kill me. Lord, protect me. He literally turns to 
um, himself. And then mm. not only that, but we see a couple things. He's not praying there, so he's out of prayer. He's not seeking God's word, so he's not reading God's word. And then he actually left his servant in a town, so he's out of community. So he's literally going into the wilderness by himself for a wilderness season that is self-inflicted. But th this is a strong man of God. Absolutely. This is a prophet of the Lord who hears directly from God. Very strong. If you if you all know about Elijah, as me and Chris we were talking about off off air, Elijah is one of two dudes <laughs> that got raptured up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like who did not die. Like he was so tight with God that God took him on a fiery chariot up into up into his presence. Like Elijah was that guy. And he became spiritually depressed after a woman told him, I'm going to kill you. Just I'm going to kill you. I don't care if you did the Lord's work. I'm going to kill you because you did the Lord's work. Mm -hmm. How often do we go through that? Where we get um where we get uh where we get massacred for doing the will of God. We know that it was the will of God. But some but you know, like we get ostracized. Mm -hmm. People don't want to be be friends with us, or like, you know, we we get um you know, uh, a character gets defamed, you know, defamation of character comes into play, uh, whatever it might be, you know, like how how often does that happen? Like, I, and I'm talking about people that want to do God's will. And I'm even I'm speaking to the youngest of believers and even to the highest, quote unquote, yeah, highest the, of believers, the most immature to the most mature. There we go. That's better. <laughs> I'm speaking to I'm speaking to every last single one of us and I feel like it plagues it plagues the younger believer at the very core and and it's so much easier to rattle the younger believer because because the the harder your your roots go like the deeper your roots go the harder it is to break you up so the enemy's desire is like okay I know I can't stop them from being saved I know I can't stop them from knowing God yeah. but what I can do is stop them from being effective in their ministry I can stop them from like you know growing deeper in God I can or Absolutely. first of all I, I don't even know if he can stop that, but I can apprehend certain yeah, things. I can create I, distractions. Absolutely. And that will not take them deeper into this walk with God. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to try. I'm going to do that. And like, and a lot of times you see a lot of younger people or younger people in the faith falling off from the Lord because they get rattled like that. You know, mm -hmm. you just see so many young believers having such a zeal for God. And this is probably who I'm making this podcast for. Like, this is who comes to mind mm -hmm. when I'm thinking about spiritual depression for the most part is like those young believers that get rattled really soon, really fast, not not because of the world, but because of people in church or whatever. Like, yeah. and they may, the Lord has probably given them a rhema word. The Lord has probably given them um, a mission. And, and people are like, nope, nope, this is different from the way that we've done, we've done it or whatever it might be. Or you can't do this because, and they get, they get discouraged so yeah. easily. And then, because they don't have much to cling on to other than the fact like, oh, I believe that I'm supposed to be yeah. doing this or whatever it might be. However off or how, however on they might be like, I would say like the zeal for God, like that's the first start right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but even for the more mature believer, I think that there, you go. there comes um, a point to where you can see God actively moving in all areas of your life, but there's one thing you don't believe God in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You could believe that God is going to come through with your finances, with that business, with your kids acting right, with your spouse, but you may not believe God that he will provide you a new car or right. that, um, or if you don't have a spouse, that he can do all these things, but he doesn't care about president Trump or right. your local government or you finding a mate or whatever it may be like you can be supremely faithful. And that's the thing that faith is not a one and done. It's right. not a button that you push. It's a process. And so when you are walking on that journey, like we see with Elijah here is that he literally just had an encounter with God. Like right. he literally just saw God good. like never good. before. And then now because his life is threatened, he's questioning God. Right. And that's how a lot of believers do is I can believe God for this one thing over here, mm -hmm. but like this is something totally different. I don't know about that one, Lord. How are you right. gonna come through on this one? Right. You know what I mean? Um But let's let's get let's get personal because I, I wanted yeah. to get personal on Absolutely. this podcast. Like so I feel like 
stopping at verse five is great. So like in your life, mm-hmm. how has it affected you, spiritual to present? Like in what way has yeah, it come? Because yeah. um, I know we've talked about like some generic things, yeah. but we have some very personal yeah, encounters yeah, yeah. with this. Um, what in 2016, I left a church that I was teaching in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, teaching in the high school ministry, serving in the high school ministry, very close to my heart. Uh, you know, a church that I truly matured through um, and with this church. And um, in 2016, after um, I just what is believed to be unrepentant sin from the pastor, uh, mm-hmm. I had to leave. But even before that, like speaking of Elijah, like being the last one, he'll get into some of his things of his, I would like to even call it his woe is me and reflection. But like everyone that was above me outside of the pastor had left. Like all of the like leaders that like the covering in which I had, they they set me down and they were like, yo, like this is what's going on, but I cannot stay here anymore. Like this is a repentant sin. It's not healthy. Like mm-hmm. we're we're really like in the field of heresy mm-hmm. under at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so um, and when I chose to let leave, like this is like a six month process of like pouring out so much, but not receiving. I wasn't even sitting in on services. Like I wasn't coming for Bible study. I would literally come teach and leave. And that was like a six month process of the only time I'm opening up my Bible is to study, to teach, not to study Mm -hmm. for anything else. So I'm doing that for six months after years and years of being fed and being make, you know, making sure in my community that I'm growing. And then six months like I'm not getting fed in I'm not watching videos. I'm not getting yeah. fed at all. All I'm doing is pouring out, which we already know is unhealthy. And mm. so then mm. when I actually leave the church and I go to the church that Keith and I attend, um, shout out to Blueprint. And when I started at Blueprint, all I wanted to do was just be counted part of the, the congregation. Like yeah. I didn't want to serve. I didn't want to and I mean, it's people at Blueprint that know these things of like, no, like they would ask me like, yo, Chris, don't you want to do this? Or have you looked into this? And it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. You know, because it was like, it's enough. Believe me, I, I've been burned. So all I want to do is show up. Which is what we'll see, which is what we'll see in this as we continue to read. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll share mine really, really fast. Um, I, 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 I hopped on this train of, of uh intercession mm. and and I, I told God I said look and I, I began to intercede for a person. I, I told God I said look I'm gonna see this thing through and like i I I'll be honest it completely changed my life. Mm. It really completely changed my life. There, I, there probably would not be a podcast called I Pray This Helps if I had not gone through that season in 2016. Wow. Like, God literally called me to this season of prayer for a person. And upon that, like, it spawned me praying for a, a a smorgasbord of people upon a smorgasbord of things. I, I created a prayer wall and that even encouraged other people to pray and encouraged other people in their faith. So I'm seeing God do miraculous things through prayer. I'm seeing God do miraculous things through himself using me as a vessel, right? Seeing God do amazing things. And like to the point, like when my church began to recognize, like, hold on, we need to put this brother in a position of like some sort of leadership to help mm-hmm. other people. Like, hey, Keith, Amen. you wanna lead this, you wanna lead this group? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Like nobody else was stepping up. So I'm like, look, I guess I'll do it. Like, not on like no like prideful stuff. I'm like, I I, I for I, God knew when to do that thing. Amen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> he knew when to do it. <laughs> So, and I'll just leave that there. But that everybody else's prayers were getting answered. Mm. I was praying for everybody. The main thing that I was praying for and waiting to see it come through. And I, you know, I, I bought all of these spiritual, I brought all of these like intercession books and stuff like that. I bought I bought um books on spiritual warfare. All I'm doing is listening to sermons. I'm only listening to gospel music and all of that stuff. All of that is fine. God's taking me so much deeper in him. But everybody else got delivered. Everybody else got set free. The one thing that I'm praying for, stuff happened in that situation. But the one thing that I'm praying for didn't come through the way that I wanted it to come through. Mm. And everybody was telling me, like, Keith, 
like, you know, my spiritual accountability, my prayer partners, they were like, okay, bro, I feel like God is telling me to tell you to rest at this moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. I need to keep going. I need to keep going. You are exhausting yourself, Keith. You've done the work. This is literally what many people have said. So I knew it, it just wasn't coming from nowhere. It was like, you have done the work of multiple believers for this for these people that you're praying for, for this person that you're praying for. You need to rest. Wow. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to rest. But, but I wasn't resting, and I was swinging my sword. And I even felt myself swinging my sword and nothing being there. It's just mm -hmm. I just looked crazy mm -hmm. after a while. So I rested. But it, but then I rested, and resting turned into, wait a minute, all that stuff that I prayed for for this person, what's happening? Mm -hmm. Nothing. They're still going down this road that I thought that they shouldn't be going down. They're still doing this wow. and that. None of this stuff is, is going the way that I thought that it was supposed to go. So I became super spiritually depressed. Wow. That's right. Saw great things in God, Chris. Saw great things. Saw God do great things in all the people's lives. Saw, saw God do great things in my life. Saw God do great things in the person's life that I was even praying for. Spiritually depressed. Yeah. Rattled. Mm-hmm. Didn't come the way that I thought that it would come. Yeah. And, all right, go, but we'll continue to read. Yeah. So, I'm like, God, it'd be better if, like, you shouldn't even put me on this mission was what I was thinking. Wow. All right. Let's uh, continue because I think we can really identify with some of the other stuff. So absolutely. Um, we're at verse four. Then he went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Mm -hmm. He said, take my life for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Mm -hmm. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread, was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. It's so crazy that God provide provision during our craziest of times, y'all. <laughs> like he gives us literally everything we need when we're furthest from him. Mm. Um, and it's so crazy because it's like during the midst of the separation from that church, I got super involved in a relationship and it was I honestly believe to this day on this side of health and everything that it was a God sin that really was perverted by, yeah, just putting, taking God out of his position and putting a relationship there. And so, um, yeah, so like in the midst of that, God still provided me an awesome community to fall back on. He gave me mm -hmm. like a thriving community to truly go in with my word and my prayer and to check up on me and so it's like in the midst of me being furthest away from God God had already aligned everything like in the midst of my mess God was like no I got you I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you everything you need because the journey that's coming next after this when you get yourself right for me like you're going to need everything I'm giving you now mm -hmm. so like I'm giving you this stuff even though you don't see the gifts that I'm giving you because that journey that's before you that I see that you're about to go on, you need every single piece. Mm -hmm. And for me at Blueprint, that was the community and the responsibility because one of the things that came out of that season was, and I thought that this was a negative thing and this is one of the tricks of the enemy of, oh, like I need to serve in order to stay holy essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's messed up. I should be able to stay holy if I'm not serving. But yeah. it's like, no, like literally yeah. you're serving gets you closer to God. Yeah. And if you need to serve in order, like if you need to, I don't know, um, have a parental guide on your TV because you shouldn't be watching certain things, then that's what you do. If you need to serve to dive deeper into your relationship with God, you go get, serve. You're getting ahead of us. You're getting ahead. It's in my notes. You're getting ahead. But absolutely. I'm glad we tracking. Um, yeah, I, I think it's amazing too, like God's provision. 
Mm-hmm. Even like that was that's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, man, God's provision even in our stubbornness, even in our downtroddenness. Like when we've given up, or what fake giving up. I know, right? Fake giving up, like, cause sometimes, like, let's be honest, we we want God to like save us from yeah. like this from this state. We, we want to know that He's there. Exactly. Yeah, like we're like kids. Like literally, Absolutely. we're our kids of like, oh, this is tragic. So God, you gonna come through? Yeah. So what you gonna do? Right. When God is like, I already told you what to do. I told you what to do. <laughs> but God, you know, God is so good. He Amen. He just sent an angel, like, give him some food. Like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. All through scripture, you see this, especially with Jesus. Jesus even spoke about this. Like, even with us, like, God is, like, sometimes, like, give them what you, what you, because the physical is important to the spiritual. Absolutely. Like, yo, give him water. Give him bread. Yeah. Give him water and give him bread. So he sent the angel to give him sustenance, like, and rest. Like, he allowed him to rest. He allowed him to be in that state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he allowed him to be in that state. And like sometimes I don't I'm not even going to sit here and act like I fully know why God always allows us like sometimes allows us to just wallow in some stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because you got to think like he is somewhere that God did not tell him to go. <laughs> and God is still providing <laughs> God, for so him true. in that wilderness. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not like the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness like mm-hmm. it did with Jesus out there. He was being baptized yeah. to be tempted by the devil. Like literally. Elijah out of fear mm. ran into the wilderness. And so many times mm. as um believers, like we operate out of fear, which is really rooted in pride. Uh Absolutely. I know more. Like, oh, here comes this alarming thing. So let me and we'll disguise it as wisdom. We'll call it right. discernment. Right. But all it is is fear when I say, All right, God, you tell me to stand here, but I see this car like barreling towards me i need to get up out the way and god is like yo like i got you but no you know what wisdom tells me i need to get out the way and god is like no but i told you to stand there yeah and so but even with that when we you know get out of the way god is still going to provide because he is a good father and it's not predicated upon our actions right it's so good and god has a much bigger plan amen than what we can even see which is what we find out later on so chapter nine says, or chapter uh, chapter nineteen verse uh, ten says, "Oh, you stopped early." No, oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, go ahead and read. All right, there he came. Verse nine, there he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" <laughs> God is so patient, and oh my goodness, Elijah replied, "I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty." <laughs> There's so much pride in that statement. I have ser- like I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out. This is what God says to him. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, The Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. I get it now. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Oh, my God. That's so freaking deep. Mm-hmm. What does it say to you? I, yeah, I like feel these, like it deserves unpacking. Yeah, like these major things in which we think are like these mighty moves of God. And God is like, fam, I can whisper to you Bro. and launch everything. Like, I'm doing all of this stuff, and I'm not even in that. Oh my. I'm speaking to you over here. And so we are waiting for these Whatever it may look like, God to start this new business, God to bring mm. us our mate, God to give us um, unexpected finances. And God is like, but you have community with me right now. Mm. I am the provider of all these things. Like, cool, whatever. You can go out and out of ambition and get those things, but I am having communion with you right now. Mm. Like, me being here is the miracle. I'm, like, I'm in the whisper. <laughs> right. Sheesh. That's heavy. Sheesh. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Because, and that's where <laughs> spiritual depression really takes root, root, and that's where the enemy sways our mind in the sense of we are expecting these grandiose occurrences. Mm-hmm. And if we would just humble ourselves and be still right. and see that God, because Elijah literally said, I served you zealously. I have zealously served you. Like, yo, I'm tired, essentially. Right. And God is like, yo, you want the big stuff? Boom. But that's not me. Oh, you mm-hmm. want something else? Boom. That ain't me. Mm-hmm. You want something else? Boom. Mm-hmm. I did all of that, but that still is not me. Mm-hmm. But when I whisper to you and I have this community with you and I'm here with you, like I'm all like I am always, mm-hmm. I have never left you. Mm-hmm. That is where you find me. Mm-hmm. That is where you have everything that you need from me. So good. We're looking for things when we have him. So good. Are we looking for God or his hands? You know, that's so good. That's it right there. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Mm. This man put in the words, what I could not. Amen. <laughs> I'll read that again. And after verse 12, and after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. Get this. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Let me back up. How often do we think that we're the only one doing the Lord's yeah. will, bro? I'm the only faithful one. I'm the only one. Do- I might as well just not. I might as well just like like let God. You be God. Mm-hmm. You do all the, that rock breaking and the earthquaking and all that stuff and the wind blowing and all of that stuff. I might as well just be doing what everybody else is doing because what does it profit me? What does, mm-hmm. no pun intended, what does it profit us or whatever? Mm. Yeah. Then the Lord told him, verse 15, go back. The same way you came. Oh, my God. Then the Lord told him, get this. Mm, mm. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. Now, let's stop here. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. So i remember a long time ago i had someone tell me like god is going to continue to take you through the same test until you Mm. pass those tests Mm. and when i hear go back the same way you came is Mm. because i didn't send you Mm. so you need everything that you tried to get on your own all this escaping Mm. all of this i'm going to do my own route I'm going to undo everything that you just created because Mm. all you did was erect idols out of your own Mm. will, out of your own ambition. Mm. So we got to tear those things down. And the way you tear them down is to go back the way that you came, slashing all of those. And then through the wilderness of Damascus, we see Damascus is just used so many times. Right, right, right. And I mean, like if we think even about the Apostle Paul, like the road to Damascus is where he met Jesus. And we even see what Damascus actually means in the New Testament or just historically. Right. city of Damascus and just to see that he told him to go through the wilderness of Damascus because this is where you're going to find me. This is mm-hmm. where you're going to be strengthened in me is going back the way that you came. Right. Undoing everything and the wilderness that you know that I'm with right. you. Let's get a little abstract mm-hmm. or metaphorical, if you will, or even flat out, like going back the same way that you came. Mm-hmm. So again, I promised y'all, wasn't just going to leave y'all in the wilderness. Um, promised y'all that we would definitely talk about a solution to this. How do you get out of spiritual depression? Mm-hmm. Going back the same way that you came. We're talking about Elijah, great man of God. Amen. Elijah, but the Bible talks about how Elijah was a common man. The Bible says Elijah wasn't, there was nothing special about Elijah. Right. He was a man like you and I. Go back the same way that you came. How did you even get to this place in God? Mm-hmm. How did you even get to this place in God? How do you get back to the same place in God? Falling in love with God. We touched on it in the very beginning. Go back to serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. Go back to reading your word. 
Go back to praying. Go back to serving others. Amen. Go back to doing the things that God has called you to do. Mm-hmm. Go back. Mm-hmm. That's how you get out of spiritual depression. There is no secret to this thing. No. There is no there is no formula other than going back and falling in love with God once again and 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 falling out of love with with people pleasing, falling out of love with the fear of man. Cause Elijah feared man. Absolutely. Elijah feared Elijah feared Jezebel over God. Mm-hmm. So go back. That's How, no, we got we got to put a little go, bookmark go right for there. It. Like <laughs> the fact that we know everything that God can do, mm-hmm. and that's the point that I right. think that God is illustrating here is like these earthquakes, this fire, mm-hmm. like right, like that's nothing. Like you you fear someone that can't do any of this that serve a God that is not me. God, mm-hmm. little G, you fear that person right. versus me that created the universe. Like, if your fear needs to rest anywhere, right. it needs to be on the person that can actually control your life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, That's this good. person can't do anything to mm-hmm. you that I don't allow them to do to you. Right. And so you're fearing mortal man. You know what I mean? Like, what can man do to me? Right. And so when you look at that, compared to the fear that needs to be placed in God uh, because he can do these things and because of his loving grace, he doesn't do these things to us. Like that within itself is huge. It's like, Mm -hmm. yo, like fall back in love with me. Right. Fall back in love with me. That's what it's about. Yeah. Because Elijah knows that even if his life was lost, it's still a game. Right. You know what I mean? Which was partially why he was like, yo, take me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with this world. I want to be close to you. Speaking, even Paul, even mm-hmm. Paul went through that. Yeah. He was like, to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But because he was struggling with like, yo, should I die mm-hmm. and go be with the Lord? Or should I stay here with y'all? Right. <laughs> that was literally the struggle. Yeah. Um, And I'll be honest with you, that came to my mind the other day. And I was like, uh-uh. I reviewed yeah. that. I was like, what is this? I think a lot of times, and I tell people this all the time, like, or I pose this question, and I hope that is um as poignant as I pray it is, but yeah. like, are we trying to get to heaven because we're trying to avoid our mission on earth? That's good. You know what I mean? That's good. And I think a lot of times it's like, this thing is hard, God. I just want to call it a day. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that everything on the other side is going to be tremendously better than we can even imagine. But, are we seeking heaven to have community with God or are we seeking heaven to be absent from the the mess? And I'm not saying that that necessarily is bad, but when that's our only motivation, I think we have to examine ourselves because then that means that we believe that God is not present in our struggle, which the word of God definitely illustrates time and time again, instructs us that he is absolutely present in all of our struggles. And maybe that's what spiritual depression is, even in a a more confined nutshell, Mm. Have I made have I made God's mission about me mm. as opposed to him? Amen. Like that's what it is. Yeah, he's not here to serve us. Right. When I've made it about myself, when right. I made it my own thing. Yeah. Like oh, it didn't turn out the way that I thought that it should turn out. Yeah, like one of the hardest pills to swallow is that A, God is not here to serve us, we're here to serve him, and B, his plans are bigger than us. Like, we are literally here to serve him. Absolutely. And so when we think that, oh, things ain't working out, like, that must mean that God isn't present. It's like, what what things are not working out? Maybe right. you caught a flat tire so you could have a conversation with somebody on the side of the right. road. Right, Like, and I, that's on, or maybe you caught a flat tire because if you would have got to that store and you would have found that person with that attitude at that exact moment, you would have went off on them right. and that would have just defeated them. I tried so hard to think, not, I don't even try that hard anymore mm-hmm. sometimes like when i'm going through whatever it is i'm going through a quote-unquote trial or whatever mm-hmm. i'm like all right god why yeah and that doesn't mean that you don't have those thoughts that's good like because we are human mm-hmm. and our continuous battle until we are raptured up off this world is going to be between our flesh and our faith our flesh and our spirit we're always going to have that battle so it's very natural to have those conversations uh, with God and God welcomes those conversations. But yeah. when God comes back with a, Hey, I don't have to tell you or yes or no. Like that's literally his word. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. And it's perfectly fine. Exactly. If, Cause he doesn't have to tell us nah. like, but we do have to walk it out. Absolutely. You know I mean, <laughs> like, 
sometimes like as a good parent sometimes the parent will tell you why yeah. you have to do something yeah. but then sometimes the parent is like because i said so yeah and i don't need to give you an explanation absolutely we think, you know, we think that God is different in that regard. He's not. Because even if God gave us the explanation, it wouldn't suffice. Right. Like, oh, because you could hurt yourself. Well, maybe if you showed me how I was going to hurt myself, <laughs> I wouldn't hurt myself. Like, like literally right now, yeah. it's like, oh, man, I would love a wife and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, but. I constantly think no good thing will he withhold. Amen. Amen. So if I ain't got it right now, that means it ain't a good it thing for good me. Thing. Like we have talked about in the past. And. It's like, yo, if I, like, legit, if I want a wife, I feel that God is going to fulfill that, and he hasn't yet, mm. then that simply means that it ain't meant for me to have right now. Right now. And that does not mean that that, that belief alone wipes away any time I have these feelings. No, but... When I have those feelings, they should point me back to God is sovereign. Right. God is in control. God cares for me more than I can ever care for myself. Absolutely. So he would not give me something that I cannot actually handle or that I am not spiritually prepared for. Right. Amen. Or he'll give me over to my own desires, but you don't want those. It takes a long time for God to give you over to your yeah. desires. He is super gracious. Yeah, because he has, he knew, like, yeah. even in the garden here, <laughs> yeah. like in the garden when he was like, where are y'all? God is asking where y'all let, you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm seeking you. You're right. God is always saying come. He, he is always here, saying come. He's saying, why are you here? He knows exactly yeah. why Elijah is here. Right. So reading for emphasis, and we'll finish this off. Verse 15, starting at verse 15. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. We talked about that. And travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint, I'm about to butcher some names, so bear with me. When we arrive, when you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Maloha to replace you as a prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet, get this, yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed to Baal or kissed him. So we see right here, we see right here, this mission ain't, it ain't for you. Yeah, It is for other people. I took you through this. Yeah. One thing that I, I just want to give people encouragement to that may be in the midst of depression and feel like because they have abandoned their post, that means that God is not willing to use them again. Like mm. this shows right Amen. here that like Elijah had ran, Moses mm. ran, David was given up. Mm. Jonah literally said, I'm not going to do it. Job found himself self-righteous, you know, like, Paul was persecuting Christians, you know mm. what I'm saying? Peter was furthest away. He denied Jesus. Like, mm. no matter what we do does not dictate who we are in Christ. That's good. And so many times in our depression, when it seems like God is furthest away from us, we can easily get wrapped up in our actions. But God is not a God of solely actions because actions do determine the heart. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I do need to disclaimer that. But <laughs> God is willing to restore at every single Amen. moment that's good yeah say it again i cut you off yeah no god is willing to restore at every single moment i love the it. moment and one thing my mentor told me that was so major to my life the moment your heart shifts and says god way is better even though it may not be physically manifested mm. yet mm. god has already moved amen the the miracle has already happened absolutely it's already done amen and now it's just coming into the natural in which we see but in the supernatural it's already done amen that's why the heart that's why it's dangerous to say he knows my heart because he does. And so that moment that you shift and say, God's way is better. God is controlling my life is already done. Like yes. everything is done. But also on the adverse means that moment that your heart is away from God is already done, too. So you need to shift back to he is in control. He is the author of my life. And yeah, like for anybody that's walking through that season right now where mm -hmm. you're like, yo, I used to be this. I was this, but I ain't that no more. I don't, I don't study like that. I don't pray like that. Like, mm. 
right here we see that he literally said, go back the way you yeah, came. Go back the and way And I'm you going came. to put you back in the position of doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Go anoint the people I told you to anoint. Go name another prophet. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm telling you to go do. I'm putting you back in that place that mm-hmm. you couldn't even put yourself in the first place. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so good, bro. That's so good. Yeah. I ain't even trying to step on your toes and, like, botch whatever you just said. Um but I implore everybody listening to this, everybody that's experiencing spiritual depression. Now I want to start praying on this podcast. Why do you not pray on a podcast where it <laughs> says, I pray this help? <laughs> so I'm going to pray. <laughs> so I'm going to pray. this helps. Uh, talk to y'all later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. God convicted me about that. Like, the, like, he was like, you don't pray on this podcast that you say you, you pray this helps. Um, so <laughs> pray. we're going to literally pray. But I do pray for it. Those of you, those of us experiencing spiritual depression, and I really do pray that this helps, go back the way that you came. Mm -hmm. Go back the way that you, go back to this road of Damascus where you experienced him for the first time. Fall back in love with him Mm -hmm. because your mission is greater than you. You saw all of these people that that, um, Elijah, Elijah had to appoint You saw that it was much greater than him, that it was much bigger than Jezebel. And mm, mm, we're just going to pray. And I I just, I encourage you all, I implore you all to go back the way that you came. Amen. Amen. Go back the way that you came. He is much more important than your, your fears, than your insecurities. He didn't move. We did. We did. And so when you say that you feel like God is far away from you, mm. you are far away from God. Mm. He is stationary. We move. Mm. Turn around. Turn around. His arms stayed open. I heard a pastor say this, and I thought it was one of the most, it was the great one of the greatest illustrations of God's mercy that I ever um, heard. It's like, when when we turn back to God, when we try to like turn and run back to God, as he's there the moment that we turn around, like he's waited for Like his arms are open wide. As Chris says, like wait, like he ran to us. Like the thought, like when we had the thought to turn Boom. back to God, he's right there. The Bible says, draw nine to me and I will draw nine to you. Mm-hmm. But like even more, more what is, what is alluding to is like, yo, God, we can't, we can't, that's, you know, how we hear this. We, um, you can't beat God's given no matter how we try. Mm-hmm. It is very true. You <laughs> cannot outlove God. Absolutely. He is always going to love you way more yeah. than you can love him. Absolutely. And for all of you people out there who think like who try to like compete in all of that type of stuff, I don't I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to win. Rest. Let God be God. And rest in him. Yeah. Amen. Abide. That Amen. is a word of the year, abide. <laughs> Amen. So let's pray. Amen. Chris, you want to Yeah. You we could tag team. We'll pray. Yeah, definitely. And we pray this helps. Amen. And if you're driving, you know, um, yeah, try I don't not know. to close your eyes. Yeah, I, don't be know when, I don't know when God is calling you to be home, but I don't want you to go meet him before he's calling you to be yeah, home. Keep so. your eyes open if you drive. Yeah, or put on, you know, some hazards and get on the side of the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, so um, Father God, thank mm. you for your mercy. Yes. It's um, man, the, the scripture says if I had 10,000 tongues, mm. I still wouldn't be able to like even show you how grateful and how thankful I am, Lord. So just thank you, Father God. Um, Lord, it is your mercy that in the midst of our biggest storms to us, you're sleeping on the boat. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you're sleeping and unaware of what we're going through. Yeah, You're showing us that you're bigger than any problem that we'll come against. Yes. And that in the moment that we need you, you're there. You call us to do amazing things. I think about Peter walking on water. And the moment that we have doubt, you're sticking out your hand to save us. Mm. So, Father God, we thank you for your love. We mm. thank you for your care. We thank you that you even give us the, the space to say, go back, mm. come back to me. Lord, Father God, because we think about it from a very human standpoint. What what Who is this God that we serve that you will say time and time again, come back to me Mm. and you just open up your arms and accept us lord so i say thank you lord thank you lord for even the moments when i'm walking away to start giving me things that i need for the journey ahead of me Mm. 
Lord, look at how you did Elijah. Like you prepared him to go further away from you to come closer to you. Mm. You told him, here goes food you need for your journey to have an encounter with God, to go back to where you came from. Yes, God. Lord, Father God, that's just grace. Mm. That's mercy, Lord. Hey, thank you, Father God. So Mm. I pray on this journey when I have doubts, when I have fears, when I start taking those steps away from you. Father God, I just thank you in advance for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father God, I thank you that you give us your living word. I thank you that you give us these opportunities to even communicate with you, Father God, mm. that you live life with us, Lord. Thank yes, you God. that you give us community, Lord, that's centered on you, Father God. Mm. That is nothing that we can do, but it's everything that you did. Lord, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of I Pray This Helps. We truly do pray that this helps. And, yeah. Chris, thank you for being here. Oh, man, it's bro, a pleasure, bro. couldn't have done it without you. Like, yeah. God, I really feel like God, like, sets up these appointments. That's real. Like, because, like, and they'll all be by, like, happenstance, quote, unquote, happenstance. Yeah. Like, God just sets it up ever I know so. I needed this today. Like, seriously. Man, did yeah. I? Mm-hmm. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm about to probably go home and journal about this because this this is some rich text, bro. Bro, so I'm going to start journaling again. It's real. Which is a part of that whole coming out of that spiritual depression thing for me because I definitely was journaling mm-hmm. in that time and it was so rich during that time, mm-hmm. just writing my stuff out. But I'm definitely going to start journaling. And even those that's not big on journaling, one thing I heard uh, Bill Hybels say um, was if you can't concentrate on praying, Write out your prayers. Right. And you'll be surprised how much comes out. Like, if you struggle with concentrating, because I'm one of those people, like, it's hard mm-hmm. for me to concentrate on praying when I'm solo. Mm-hmm. And But when I write it out or even stand up and start talking to God, oh, I'm, a, I'm definitely a pacer. I'll be kicking and running into stuff, walking around my house, pitch black, running into stuff, um, praying. Mm-hmm. And, like, literally, though, like, write it down. Yeah. Like, it's all talking to God. And, but it will help you focus like you'll never believe. And then that will yeah. open you up to getting in the habit of journaling. And then you're able to look back and be like, I remember when I went through that last yeah. year. And let me see exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I would say in, so this is a good point. So in journaling, write out what you want God to do. If Amen. you're if you're going through something and if you're like, these are the prayers, I'm praying for something specifically. Write out what you want God to do. Write out how you think God is going to do it. Mm. It will amaze you. Amen. Trust me. Like you look, as Chris was saying, like when you look back on some of the stuff that you've written, it's like, man, he did this. Mm. Man, he didn't do it like how I thought he was going to do it. But, man, he did He did part of this how I thought he was going to do it. He did this. He did that. It, it'll, it will amaze you. Yo, and even if, and thank you, Lord, even if you feel like you need a quote-unquote reset to go back where you came from, Fasting is a beautiful way to start mm. denying your flesh. Thank yo. you, Lord. Like, and I would say start there. Like, and if you need someone to tag along with you on that journey, ask somebody in your community to fast with you. But like, literally, cut out the things that are taking you away from God, so you can get closer on with God when you turn back around. Like, it's not an if; it's a when. And we believe that you will trek back down that path to finding God and having that intimate, intimate, robust long lasting relationship with God. Like he's there. Like mm-hmm. he's prayed. Like he said, like there's the moment, the moment he's there every single time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to stop talking before we get the offering basket. Out. Yeah, bro. We, <laughs> we, we had a mouth. You said a mouthful today. I'm mm-hmm. so, so, so grateful for you, man. Um, so guys tune in. Should I do this next week? I think it's good, man. Man, I don't know, because Victoria's got Victoria's been coming along on her podcast. Okay. And I don't wanna not to say that I could ever <laughs> overshadow it. I mean, but like I'm just so proud of like where God is taking Amen. just content wise, fresh the fresh air um channel. I'm I'm super proud of where God is taking each and every last one of us. Um, so guys, tune in. We got a lot of great content for you guys. This is not I will say this. This is not to take place of of you 
being in community, uh, forsaking the um, coming together of the brethren. This is not to take place of your local church. Amen. This is just to um, come alongside or to reinforce whatever they're already teaching and for God to just do whatever he, you know what I mean, for you to take whatever he wants you to take from this. Um, so I do want to say that. So next week we'll be talking about, whenever I decide to put this out, I'll say, we'll be talking about spiritual depression that comes through spiritual abuse. Mm. Um, like, going to be good. Yeah, so might have to have you back on with that. <laughs> so, um, dang, it's so crazy. I've experienced like all of these. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Love y'all. Peace. And I pray this helps. Do miracles exist? Have you seen West Virginia in the fall? The colors exploding everywhere you look. Driving a country road, hiking a forest, seeing the small towns. I mean, how is this possible? You know the expression, you won't believe your eyes? Trust me, you won't. West Virginia is the third most forested state in the U.S. So plan your fall getaway now at wvtourism.com. Blink and they're gone to find out who they are without us. All the more reason we come to West Virginia to introduce them to simple things like rolling hills, walks in the forest, warm campfires. And we hold on to that feeling for as long as we can. Find your version of heaven this fall at wvtourism.com.